the same old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars. It's been the same way for years. We need to change. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Glenn, here before we were talking about us. Uh, kind of what we were going to do for the show, and you brought up uh, something that is probably a pretty important topic, especially when you start looking at, at farm ground and how farmers uh, pass on their estates, but estate tax and, and all the rules that go along with that. Yeah, and we may have to you know do a, do a couple sessions on this, but yeah, we thought we'd talk about the estate tax, uh, so... You know, it's basically a tax that if you if you're worth enough money, you know, when you pass away, uh, that the estate may have to pay a tax. Um, and you might remember Casey a couple of podcasts ago we talked about this concept of step up and basis, where you know, maybe ask you a question here: if, if you if I own an S corporation and that owns land, and I die, I get a step up in basis, um, and if I own a partnership and it owns land, I get a step up in basis in both cases. But the question is, which which one do I get an actual step up in basis in the underlying assets, i.e. the actual tracts of land, versus which one do I just do I get a step up in basis, but it's just in the actual investment that I have. So which one of those do I get a step up in basis in the underlying assets? This is the quiz for today. Um, let's see here. I'm going to guess. Best corporate partnership. I'm going to go partnership. You are right, Casey. Okay. So, yeah. So, the partnership, actually, the underlying assets. So, good job. So, that's beneficial, right? If I if I just want to sell certain tracts of land later, I don't want to liquidate everything. A partnership is better because if I sell one tract of land out of the partnership, generally, I wouldn't have any tax if I just got to step up a basis income tax versus if I sell one tract of land out of S Corp, I'm going to unfortunately trigger that income tax. So so anyway, step up in basis is a concept, an income tax concept. What we're going to talk about today is estate taxes. And these generally kind of go back and forth. So uh, let's get into it. So an estate tax is, well, number one, it's based on you know, your net worth. And so here's probably takeaway one is it's not just based on the gross value of your farmland, for example. So whatever threshold there might be, and we'll talk about, you know, the different thresholds, but we're actually not talking about the gross value of the farmland that I own. I also get to factor in, you know, the debt that I have on the farmland, right? So it's both the assets I have minus my liabilities. That net number is what you have to be cognizant of about whether there's a, you have an estate tax problem. So it's not gross, it's net. So the big news last December with tax reform, we, you know, we've talked a lot about income tax changes with tax reform, but there was a pretty big estate tax change in that the exemption basically doubled. It's now a little over $11 million, almost $11.2 million per person. So what it means is I can own, I can have, I can be worth, you know, eleven million dollars and not own any, not have any estate tax. Versus just last year, that was closer to six million dollars, a little under six million dollars. If you go back, you know, 15, 20 years, that that was probably like six hundred thousand to a million dollars. So it's gone up a lot. So bottom line is, a lot less people will be subject to the federal estate tax. Um, so again, it's eleven million dollars per person. So if you're if you're married, it'd actually be twenty two million dollars between the two of you. So you know we're talking about some big time net worth. So 
that's you know important for agriculture. Not as many people subject to the estate tax. Now it's never easy, Casey, but there are states that have estate tax as well. So certain states have estate tax. I can't cover them all today. It's not nearly as many, but Illinois, which is you know where I'm at right now, Illinois threshold is like four million dollars. Okay, so uh, per person. So the federal is eleven million, roughly a little over eleven. Illinois is four million dollars per person. So other states, Minnesota has an estate tax. but generally speaking, these, the state rules are different. So you got, so you may be okay from a federal perspective, but you still have to might do some planning. You know, talk with an estate attorney. You got to watch your state estate rules. That's a little hard to say. Talk about my, the state estate rules. So anyway, be aware of your state tax rules as well. Okay. Um, so we've talked about that. It's eleven million two. Um, now let's talk about why do I want things potentially if I don't if I'm not worth eleven million dollars, you know, not many people are, right? If I gift assets to my heirs, okay, that's actually a bad thing, generally speaking, now if I'm looking to get this step up a basis. So we want to talk more about step up a basis, okay? Because if I gift farmland to my heirs, um, they inherit whatever my basis is. Okay, so if I bought this land for $2,000 an acre, and now it's worth $10,000. If I gift it, their basis is $2,000. It does not get stepped up, okay? So if I'm under this $11 million threshold, I would actually want to keep the assets in my estate, have it go through the you know the, the process, the probate process and everything, and I wouldn't owe any estate tax because I'm under $11 million, let's just say, but I would get a step up in basis, right? So. With the estate tax threshold being so high now, there's less incentive to gift because I'm, I'm by gifting, I'm giving up that step up a basis. Does that make sense, Casey? That's a big deal, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because, so, but when the threshold was, let's say, a million dollars, right? And I, I, so if I gift, I get, I don't have to, I, I avoid estate tax, right? So if I'm worth $10 million and I gift $5 million, then I've only got, $5 million to be subject to estate tax potentially. So it's kind of a, a push-pull, but bottom line is you may maybe people doing less gifts just because they want to keep it in their estate and get that step up a basis. So just keep that in mind. So again, we talked about farmland, you know, $2,000 an acre farmland that I bought a number of years ago. It's worth $10,000 today. I get an $8,000 step up, okay? Equipment. Generally the same way. Equipment's going to get stepped up in basis. There's some differences, though, in inventory and crop growing crops and things. We just wanted to quickly walk through these. So if I'm an active farmer and I have sold the – I've contracted for the grain. I've sold it. I've delivered it to the elevator. But I just haven't taken my check yet, right, and I pass away. I actually don't get a step up in basis on that. So it's, it's more like a receivable. I don't get a step up in basis. If I have grain on hand in my bins and I haven't sold it to the elevator and I die, I would get a step up in basis. Um, if I have growing crops in the field and I pass away, we don't, you know, tough to talk about these things, Casey, you know, about the proper time to die. But if I have growing crops in the field, I get a step up in basis. So there's different rules basically on whether you get a step up in basis or not, depending on whether you sold the grain, whether you have it. So, you know, people aren't going to be able to remember all these things, but just know there's different rules um, about that. Don't, don't assume, Hey, this, 
you know, my, my father, my grandfather owned this, they're going to get a step up in basis. So I don't have to worry about income tax. You may actually still have it if it's, if it's kind of the wrong thing. So just keep that in mind. It does matter. Um, so that was about active farmers, Casey. Now, if I'm a crop share landlord, it's a different set of rules. I don't get a step up in basis on my grain. As crazy as that sounds. So if I have unsold grain and I'm an active farmer, I would get a step up in basis. If I have unsold grain and I'm a crop share landlord, I don't get a step up in basis. So you can figure out why that is. I'm not totally sure I understand. It has to do with like it's a rental income because I'm not active. Um, so that could confuse you. You know, if, hey, I, were, I was an active farmer a few years ago and now I'm a landlord, that might throw you off. So just know that there's different rules, um, whether I've sold the grain, whether I haven't sold the grain, and maybe as importantly, whether I'm a landlord or whether, whether I'm an active farmer and I have grain on hand. So consult with your tax advisor before assuming that, hey, I can sell this because it's free and clear and I don't have to pay any income tax. It'd be a lot easier if they just didn't tax you when you died. Yeah, that you know they they, they you've already been taxed once. It's a double tax. It's a you know and and so they still tax you, but it's the threshold has really went up again. You know yeah. it, it was maybe around a million dollars. Now it's eleven million dollars. But one of the challenges though, Casey, is if they if you didn't pay a state tax, you know, and you didn't get this step up of basis, then the question is okay. How do I know what my basis is later on, right? So let's say I was, you know, this land was gifted to me. You've got to know, like, when grandfather or when great-grandfather bought this land. You've got to have records, right, to determine what the basis is. And so there's kind of a nice benefit of estate taxes. Yes, I might have to pay estate tax, although now with this $11 million threshold, not likely. But... I do get this step up in basis, so I don't really care when grandfather bought this land, right? Because I know it went through his estate, and he died in 1997. Let's just say whatever the value of the land was in 1997, 1997 becomes my basis. So it does make things a little easier from a basis tracking standpoint. So some people say, yeah, if you did away with the estate tax, then, you know, and, and as a result, you do have the step up in basis, potentially. Then I'd have to keep all these records, right? <clears throat> and pay, you know, know what your basis was going back. So it's, nothing is easy. Um, what, so if you had some land that has been in the family for 100 years and you bought it for $43 an acre back in 1903, I mean, yeah. that... Yeah, if there was no step-up in basis rules, so again, people say, hey, and there was one year, Casey, that there was no estate tax, and I'll be honest, I forget the year exactly. It was, it's been in the last 10 years because they've changed it. There was no estate tax, but there also was no step-up in basis that year. So those do kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. Yeah, so if there is no estate tax, you may not get a step-up in basis, which could be a very big deal. So I think I'm going to resort back to my comment last week when the government just tries to make it difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not easy, and uh, you may I think this is yeah maybe just in the last week or so they're they're talking about I'm not sure who's doing this it's not a Congress thing but maybe they might index capital gains rates for inflation have you seen this discussion I've heard some stuff about that yeah so you know if I bought land in 1960 and I sell it in 2018 right I, you get taxed on that difference right. but if you could factor in inflation that would be you know, less of a gain. But how do you compute that? You know, the indexing of that, it's complicated. It's, it's never as simple. So I don't see that happening, uh, the indexing of capital gains, just because 
S corporations, it's more complicated. We won't get into it, but it's it'll be complex. Uh, so well, good, good thing there's a uh, good thing there's a career of being an accountant because I, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's now do keep in mind, you know, as the capital gains, you know, that's what we're talking about on land and that. If you do have to pay, if you don't get a step up in basis and you sell the land, capital gains rate is generally like 15 or 20 percent. So it's a relatively low tax rate, but it's, you know, it's still, still, you'd obviously not like to pay it if you, if you can help it. So, right. um, so I think, I think the takeaways are, you know, realize that the estate tax is not on your gross assets, right? It's, it's net of your debt. So, you know, most farmers are going to have some debt on their farmland, you know, so are you subject are you over that 11 million dollars you know or not it's net um, make sure you know whether your actual state has a separate estate tax or even an inheritance tax which you're not even going to get into but there's a slightly different take on whether you have an inheritance tax or an estate tax but it's very, it's very similar um, so know that and then just realize that if you are gifting land or you know markup securities whatever it might be right hey i'm going to gift this and you know there's a big appreciation in that Maybe you shouldn't gift that, right? Because if you if you don't, you're going to get a step up in basis, or more likely your heirs, more correctly to say, your heirs will get the step up in basis and they can sell it. So you'd rather gift something that isn't going to appreciate much. Or I'm sorry, that's that's not going to have much that doesn't have any difference, right? If I just donate cash, or sorry, if I just gift cash to my heirs, right? They they get the cash. There's no tax consequence there. So you generally would want to gift something that doesn't have this big difference between basis and value, um, because again, keep keep those appreciated assets in your estate and allow it allow those assets to be stepped up, which will save income tax down the road when your heirs would sell those assets. So your gifting strategy is important. You you want to know not just an amount I'm going to gift, but the type of asset that I'm going to gift, and you got to talk with your advisors on that to. to determine the best plan of action so how does the trust come into play in all this well yeah it gets complicated um trusts work in to the fact and maybe we can touch on that you know a little more detail in the next session part two um but trust it's it's where you the, the typical thing on a trust is i'm gonna um you, you try to really trust are going to be less important now because the estate tax is so high but typically you'd say well i'm going to fully I'm going to leave, you know, enough money for my spouse because if I didn't mention this, you know, but if I if I die and have a spouse and all that goes to my spouse, then there's no estate tax at that point. Right. But then when my spouse dies, there might be a problem. So what you do is you like set up a trust for your spouse's benefit, you know, where they can like use the income and 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 get kind of the maximum amount of money. You know, hey, I'm going to put $11 million in, get the step up on that. But anything over that, I'm going to put like in a trust for my heirs. And so it gets complicated. But yeah, maybe we can touch, we can talk more about that up for the next next session. Because you definitely hear about like a family trust, a marital trust, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So let's, we'll make that our next week's topic. There you go. You heard it here first. Next week's topic is trust. Yep. It's All very right. simple, of course. No, All no right, everything. There. Everything we do on here is simple, Glenn. They're just yeah. just easy yep. to follow, and you know, doesn't require a lot of thought. So it's, this is all good yep. stuff. Yep. <laughs> all right, Glenn. If guys want to get in touch with you and learn more about estate taxes or trusts or whatever yeah. tax question they may have, how would they do that? Yeah, you know, it's best to reach us here at Heinold Banwards at our you know phone number is three zero nine six nine four four two five one. Or you can always look me up on Twitter at at Glenn Birdbaugh. All right. 
be happy to take any calls. So. All right, Glenn. Well, have a good weekend, and until next week, we'll talk to you then. All right. Thanks, Casey. Thank you. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here.